uh, I'm Tamara Banks and welcome to Denver Decides. This community partnership is dedicated to accessible and transparent elections. The partnership includes the League of Women Voters of Denver, Interneighborhood Cooperation, and is presented by Denver 8 TV. Our mission today is to present a candidate forum in anticipation of the general election coming up on Tuesday, November 6th. Among other offices, this election includes the candidates vying to represent constituents in Colorado's State House from District Number 4. House District 4 is located in West Central and Northwest Denver. Our format includes timed openings and closings, statements which e from each of the candidates that will be followed by rounds of questions that have been submitted by the organizers of the forum. Since we do have a time limit, we may not be able to get to all of the submitted questions. All of the candidates will answer all of the questions and all of their responses will be timed. Our timers are out front where our candidates can see them. So let's begin by meeting the candidates vying to represent Colorado State House District Number 4 as your next representative. The candidates are standing left to right facing the audience in the order that their names will appear on the November ballot. So beginning at my right is Robert Dave John. And on my left is Serena Gonzalez Gutierrez. Let's welcome our candidates to the forum today. <clears throat> And one more note to the candidates, on behalf of the forum organizers, the audience here tonight, and our viewers at home, we sincerely urge you to be honest, direct, and forthright to help the voters distinguish one candidate from another. We will begin with one minute opening statements from each candidate. We will proceed in ballot order with these statements. So once again, starting at my right, Mr. John, your opening statement, please. And again, you have one minute. My name is Robert Dave John. I'm proud to be the Republican candidate for HD4. <laughs> Originally, I was part of the Trumpian revolution that took over Washington. And I'm running because I want to keep Colorado great. It's a wonderful place. Serena and I live in one of the best neighborhoods in the city. We're neighbors. And after this is all said and done, we'll still be neighbors. We'll still work together to preserve our neighborhood. I uh, can be contacted at uh, Dave for the number, North Denver at gmail.com or 303-898-4993. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Dave. And now an opening statement from Ms. Gonzalez Gutierrez. Hi, I, I do want to thank the organizers for putting this on because it does take a lot of work. Um, my name is Serena Gonzalez Gutierrez, and I am the Democratic nominee running for state representative for House District 4. I wear a couple of hats, um, so not only am I a candidate, but I'm also a mother of three beautiful children, a wife and partner to my husband of 14 years, and I'm also the director of a program called the Denver Collaborative Partnership, where I work with children, youth, and families in the city and county of Denver. 
I'm a third generation um, Denver uh, resident, sixth generation Coloradan. And, you know, I owe a lot to this community where I learned so much. This is the community where I learned to stand up for myself and for others. And I really would be truly honored to serve the people of House District 4. Thank you, Serena. So now it's time for the questions for the candidates. Each candidate, you will have one minute for your answer. And we'll start reverse order from the opening statements. So we'll begin with Serena. Gonzalez Gutierrez. And your first question is, name two important issues that you pledge to reach across the aisle to the other party to work for in Colorado. Um, so two important issues, you know, um, you know, because of the work that I do, I, you know, I work with children, youth, and families, and I would believe that the other, the other side of the aisle would be just as invested in those kinds of values as well. And so when I think of those things, I think of things like juvenile justice, um, making sure that youth that are ending up in, you know, these types of systems are receiving the treatment that they need. Another area that I would, uh, you know, like to work on some issues would be around education, um, making sure that, again, our children, they, they, we want to make sure that they're set up in the best possible way. And I truly believe that people have that same value. And so in order to do that, it would take reaching across the aisle, making sure that we're funding our education properly and that we're not leaving anyone behind. Thank you, Serena. Dave, the same question for you. Name two important issues that you pledge to reach across the aisle to the other party to work on for Colorado. Um, the most important critical issue facing our neighborhood, our house district at the moment, is transportation, traffic, we're headed towards gridlock. I would hope we could reach together to make sure the highways are adequately funded to allow people to get to work each and every day, both winter and summer. Bike lanes are wonderful, but people have to get to work in the winter also. And I would hope we could reach across the aisle for that. Um, I would hope we could reach across the aisle on taxes. I know we have a disagreement about Tabor, but we're going to have to figure out a way to spend the tax money coming in in an efficient manner. We're going to have to debate the tax windfall because of the Trump tax cuts that'll add $1,400 on average to every, each and every Colorado resident, the pays, taxpayer. Uh, and it doesn't matter if we agree or disagree on issues, we have to reach across the aisle. Thank you. So on our next round, our next question for the candidates, we will begin with Mr. John. And the next question is, what should the state do to handle some of the mentally ill who repeatedly end up in jail or homeless instead of getting behavioral or mental health assistance? Uh, Tough question without inflicting on people's rights. The homeless have been with, with us in Denver from the very beginning of Denver. But when you're faced with a situation where people will not get help, eventually you might have to incarcerate them so they get that help. I think of a friend of mine's son that was hooked on heroin and went through several programs and was unable to quit until he was locked up and forced to 
change his ways, get better. <coughs> Excuse me. But um, we're going to have to manda mandate some of these people get treatment, chemical treatment. And uh, our next person to answer is Ms. Gonzalez Gutierrez. Again, the question is, what should the state do to handle some of the mentally ill who repeatedly end up in jail or homeless instead of getting behavioral or mental health assistance? So first off, I want to say that mental health and substance abuse um, addiction are public health issues and they should be treated as such. And I do not agree with solely incarcerating individuals because they have those particular health issues. Um, you know, I work with a lot of individuals that are facing um, addiction, that have mental health um, um, issues, and what we want to do is make sure that they can be reintegrated back into our communities and receive the treatment and the resources necessary so that they don't either end up back incarcerated um, and sometimes, you know, with mental health and with substance abuse treatment, it doesn't just happen overnight and it doesn't take one time. So it's about being persistent, having the, you know, resources in the communities and not just incarcerating individuals strictly because of that fact. Okay. Our next round of questions. Thank you. We will start uh, with Sereda. And the next question is, gentrification and home affordability has become a major issue in our city. What can be done at the state level to help? Yes, I mean, this is something that I heard regularly when I was knocking doors during the primary. I mean, we knocked over 32,000 doors. It was amazing. Um, and affordable, affordable housing was one of the number one issues that people talked about on the doors. And so that is something, you know, I've talked about how do we create a fund at the state level? Uh, there are other communities, there are other states that have a fund that they are able to use, um, you know, whether it's taxes or um, credits from um, um, when people are purchasing a home to be able to build affordable housing at a state level while partnering with our municipalities. Uh, the city of Denver does have um, funding that has been set aside to promote affordable housing, but I wanna make sure that we're not just looking at median income housing, but also low income housing. And a lot of times what I'm hearing as I'm going to all the different um, R&O meetings is that they are talking about this median income and there is a high need for low income housing as well. Thank you. Same question for you, Dave, and I'll repeat it. Gentrification and home affordability has become a major issue in our city. What can be done at the state level to help? At the state level, we are somewhat limited in our options. We can keep taxes low to keep the price of housing in general lower. We can modify building codes at the state level to allow the construction of smaller more affordable housing. Uh, <coughs> gentrification, there's no fighting it, there's no stopping it, it's inevitable. We have to learn to enjoy it, help those people learn how to enjoy Denver. But the state's options are limited, primarily to lowering taxes, keeping expenses low. Okay. Thank you. 
round four now. Dave, we will start with you. And again, we'll have one minute to okay. answer. Who are the major contributors to your election campaign? Um, myself. I have not solicited funds from my friends and neighbors because of the overwhelming vote totals by party in our district. But I felt the need to run anyway because we should always have uh, conflicting viewpoints brought out into the open. Opposition makes both of our arguments better. We want people to be involved. That's my goal. But no, I haven't raised any money. Thank you for your answer. <clears throat> Serena, the next, the same question for you. Who are the major contributors to your election campaign? So the major contributors have been my friends, my family, um, first and foremost, <laughs> in every which way. If we're talking financial contributions, um, that has been you know a lot of friends and family and local um, people in Colorado, uh, so individual donors. I have also received support from um, various unions uh, and organizations such as SEIU, uh, AFL-CIO, um, all, you know, folks in the labor world, pipe fitters, Local 208, um, just to name a few, Colorado AFT, which is the teachers, as well as DCTA. And so I have received, um, you know, some good amount of support from a lot of those uh, organizations as well. Thank you. Our next round, Serena, this question starts with you. What concrete and measurable steps will you take to learn how your constituents feel about legislation that could affect their neighborhoods, such as liquor and marijuana licensing? Well, as I mentioned earlier, um, the job that I do right now is the director of the Denver Collaborative Partnership, and in that job, I facilitate um, staffings with families, with other uh, agencies that sit around a table, and we work out plans with families. And so I say that because that would be a somewhat of a similar model is about co-governance and talking to the community members that are being impacted by these things and getting their input because I am just one person and I would hope that I can um, rely upon my neighbors, rely upon community members to come to the table and talk about these issues. And so those are some of the steps that I would take um, in order to address those. And of course, doing amounts of research um, to be well informed before going forward with any kind of decisions. Thank you. Dave, the question to you. What concrete and measurable steps will you take to learn how to your constituents feel about legislation that could affect your neighborhoods, such as liquor and marijuana licensing? Uh, the most important thing I would do is make myself available to the constituents in our district at all times, both through telephone, email, personal contact. Fortunately, in Denver, we have registered neighborhood organizations, <clears throat> which are a forum, pre-existing forum, which can be used to contact constituents. Uh, they meet once a month. I would endeavor to go to them as often as I possibly could. Uh, I would avail myself of the resources within the legislature, the budget office, the Senate caucuses, the House caucuses, uh, and do research on my own. But, you know, 
the biggest thing is to make yourself available. All right, Mr. John, we will start this next round of questions with you. And the question is, what do you see as the biggest challenge within your own district and what has been or will be your plan of action to resolve the issue? Uh, the biggest problem we have is traffic, development, gentrification. Unfortunately, in the state scheme of things, we can only ameliorate the traffic, make sure that the routes, state highways going in and out of our neighborhoods are accessible at all times, are capable of carrying the traffic needed for our constituents. Uh, the other two can't do much about, but traffic is the biggest thing we can and should do something about. Right now we're facing a closure on I-70. It's gonna block major traffic in Denver. We need to be talking about how to resolve that. Thank you. Serena, the question to you, what do you see as the biggest challenge within your own district and what has been or will be your plan uh, of action to resolve the issue? Sure. Um, so while knocking doors again, I think the th top three things uh, that I continue to hear on the doors were affordable housing, healthcare, and education. Uh, those were the, the top three things. And there are things that kind of, um, you know, are involved in all three of those things, including things like a living wage uh, and, you know, access to health care. Um, and if you don't make a living wage, how can you then afford housing? Uh, and so in order to address, I mean, I know I named three, but... Uh, you know, it, it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take, just as mentioned before, is reaching across the aisle um, and, and bringing partnerships along with uh, to go on that journey and address all of those issues. And so I'm ready to do the work uh, and I'm ready to work with not only the members of the district, but colleagues down at the State House. Okay, thank you. So for the next round, we're gonna do what we call a lightning round. <laughs> So this will be really fun. I'll ask the candidates a question, okay. and you can only answer yes, no, or pass. No expanding, okay? Okay. Here we go. Uh, we will start with um, Serena. Sorry, we're gonna start with Dave first. I'm trying to remember which way we started. Okay, <laughs> first question, yes, no, or pass. Amendment 64, legalizing the sale of marijuana in Colorado passed nearly six years ago. Before the law passed or after, have you sampled what the industry has to offer? Uh, not from the industry, no. Although I supported yes no. amendment. Yes, no, or pass. No. Yeah. Yes. I have to say okay. yes. All right. Next question. Start with Serena. Do you know what a selfie is? Yes. Yes. Starting with Dave. Do you get your news from a traditional newspaper that is one uh, printed on paper? No. Should Mile High Stadium, starting with Serena, be, uh, Serena, excuse me, should Mile High Stadium be moved or rebuilt somewhere else to make way for, the, for more housing development? No. What's the choice now? Yeah. <laughs> I just realized I asked you a yes or no. We're going to do a do-over. Oh, what is should, it? Should oh, Mile High Stadium. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. No, no. No, you're absolutely right. We'll do it over. Should Mile High <laughs> Stadium be moved or rebuilt? elsewhere 
to make way for more housing. So it's one question. Should it be built or, or um, should it be moved or rebuilt somewhere else? So it's either or? No. Should it, yes <laughs> or pass. So should it stay where uh -huh. it is uh -huh. or should it be moved and rebuilt? I say it should stay where it is. If yes is to stay, I say stay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I didn't write the question. <laughs> Our next question, starting with Dave. Do you or any family member own a firearm? Yes. Yes. Last question. Serena, you answer. Do you currently own or do you plan to own an electric car? Yes. All right. No. Oh, sorry. No, I do not. Okay. <laughs> Let's give the uh, panelists a big <laughs> round of applause and the moderator. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> All right, for our next round of questioning, it's going to be the candidate's turn to ask the questions of one another. Each of you will ask your opponent a question and hopefully he or she will have an answer for you. We will reverse the ballot order and begin with Serena Gonzalez Gutierrez. Serena, you will ask Dave a question and Dave, you will have one minute to answer. So, okay. Serena. Uh, Dave, what would be your plan to uh, properly fund education per pupil? Um, because, you know, in Colorado, we are amongst the lowest. I believe we're 48th or 49th in the country in how we fund our schools. Uh, the best thing we can do is reduce administrative expenses. <laughs> okay. That was under a minute. Now, Dave, it's your turn to ask a question of Serena, and you have one, ans one a minute to answer. Uh, do you foresee a limit to raising taxes in Colorado? I think that's a really you know, big question to ask without having all of the details. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's something I would want to, you know, I would want to do some more research on and understand uh, how that would look. Um, you know, I certainly don't want to put, you know, constituents in a bad place when it comes to taxes and, you know, would want to have those conversations very thoughtfully. Okay. Let's do one more round of one-on-one. -on -one. Dave, now you can ask a question and Serena, you have one uh, One of the things that anchors our society and nation is property rights, the right of people to be secure in their own homes. Do you support property rights? Can I, am I allowed to ask a, I'm not allowed to ask a clarifying question or? No. No. Um, I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? Uh, do you support property rights? I honestly, I, I need to know more information on the property rights before I can answer that question. So I feel like I can't give a. Okay. A okay. To that. All right. Moving along. Serena, now it's your turn to ask Dave one question. Oh. And um, give one minute. <laughs> Fire away. Uh, and I think you kind of mentioned this earlier, but I am still kind of curious as to why um, you haven't filed a, you know, a campaign committee. Um, you haven't filed for a campaign committee with running for office? Uh, being a realist, I have encouraged people that have offered to support my campaign financially to put their money in races where there is much more even numbers of Republicans and Democrats where Republican candidates stand a very good chance. Because one of the essential things is that we maintain control of the legislature both in the House and the Senate. 
All right. All right, that brings us uh, to the end of the one-on-one -on -one questioning. Right, yay. Take a breath, everyone. And it's time now for uh, closing statements. Each candidate will have a minute and a half for closing statements, which means, uh, and we'll start with reverse reverse order of the opening statements, which means we will begin with Serena Gonzalez Gutierrez. You have 90 seconds for your closing statement. Thank you. So as I mentioned earlier, my husband and I, we are raising uh, the fourth generation in North Denver, um, my, our three beautiful children, and we're raising them uh, you know, on the values of education, compassion, and advocacy. Uh, you know, I see it as our job as adults, as community members and leaders to lead by example and leading by example with those values. I think we've talked about tonight how Colorado has experienced tremendous growth over the last decade. And, you know, that has left some of our community members behind and left them at a disadvantage, really. And so I want to make sure that community members are receiving their basic human rights. Rights like rights to a living wage, rights to affordable housing, to affordable health care, quality education, so that people can main, remain, remain in their communities and not be involuntarily displaced. Thank you. You know, affordable health care is a priority and must include mental health and substance abuse treatment, as well as reproductive health care. I am completely honored to be the Democratic nominee for House District 4 um, and to hopefully be this next state representative. And I am committed to working and listening with the community members so that we can build a strong Colorado by building up our families and building up our communities. Uh, if anybody cares to learn more about our campaign, you can visit my website at serenaforcolorado.com. You can email me at serena at serenaforcolorado.com. Um, you can also um, give me a phone call at 720-663-8473. I welcome your support, and I you know, am asking for you to vote Serena for House District 4 on November oh, okay. 6th. Sorry, time. I didn't. I didn't see it either. Thank you. Okay. Thank Sorry. you. <laughs> and now a closing statement from Robert, Dave. Uh, one of the primary reasons I'm running is because I believe that that the best thing we can do is keep taxes low so people can afford to stay in their own homes. The best government we have governs the least. We don't need government involvement in all sectors. People should do that at the local level by themselves with the assistance of government. I support the right to keep and bear arms. And the one thing I would like to do is increase vocational education in our public schools. For too long, the educrats have denigrated blue collar workers. The blue collar workers is what keeps our society running. We need more plumbers, we need more electricians. We need more sewer workers, and it should be the part should be part of a education, the availability of education, to do that, and to have school choice. If you're not getting the right education you want, you should be able to go somewhere else. All right. Now it's the audience's turn. Let's show our appreciation to these candidates for their participation. Let's give them a big round of applause. Thank you to both of you. Well done.
We hope we have given you a fair look at each candidate vying to represent you in Colorado State House of Representatives from District 4. Our thanks also to the Denver Decides Partners, which include Interneighborhood Cooperation and the League of Women Voters of Denver. Denver Decides is presented by Denver 8 TV. Now remember, the election is Tuesday, November 6th. Let your voice be heard. Be sure you are registered and get out and vote. For complete election information online, go to denverdecides.com. I'm Tamara Banks. Thanks so much for being with us tonight.